Welcome to Maintaining Memory, a podcast about cultural preservation in the modern world. I'm Felicia Zaleski, and I'm joined here today by Gay Rios. My name is Gay Rios, um, and I am an enrolled member of the Minnesota Chippewa Boys Fort Band of um, Indians. Uh, that's what they call us up there. Um, I, and it's in Minnesota, it's in one of the northernmost parts of the United States, um, right on the border um, in a little place called Net Lake is where my people are from. Um, and that's where my dad was born. That's where my grandfather was born. My grandmother was a, in the, a white earth band of um Minnesota Chippewas and so she was and she also lived in Wisconsin but they're Chippewas but the whole there's a larger mass of us and we are part of several tribes but they call us the Chippewas we call ourselves the Anishinaabe and that encompasses more than just our tribal members. Can you explain a little bit about the difference of those two names? When they were first um, putting us on reservations, they had to call us something so they would name our our tribe for us. And so they they had our area. It's called um, Boys Fort. That's what everyone calls it. But in French, it is Bois Forte, which is strong wood. And so we were in a very wooded area, and that's where most of the bands are our people were spread all around in the woodland areas in little family groups but but what they did when they were making the reservations and putting us on them they took groups from very widespread groups and areas and put them all together so they might have family members in different tribes just because they were living a little further away so we call ourselves the Anishinaabe but there's several Minnesota tribes of the Chippewa. There's several, there's Fond du Lac, there's Mill Lac, there's Grand Portage. There's all kinds of different little, but that's, that's because that's where they put us on the land itself, the reservation. So with this, this is kind of a more um, interesting way to go about preserving culture just because this is a culture that has been stifled by the United States itself. Um, so what are some of the things that you do and that your family does, that your people do, to preserve that culture? Well, my dad moved off the reservation when he was, uh, before he turned 10, because it was during or after the World, World War II, his family moved because there was work. There was no work in Minnesota at the time after the world war. There was, they could go to the city, but a lot of people in that area um, were asked or they were told about jobs that were in Washington state and it was doing pipe fitting and and menial types of labor with the government to help um, rebuild and fix the naval, the naval ships that would come in and that had come in, from the war. So my grandpa went there before it was over and then the family moved um, after it was over. 
to to be there because he still had a job and it was it was a great paying job for for um those people so they ended up there the culture that we try to preserve is um is in after reading your questions i i um it's really hard to define because we do we do food gathering together there is a communal type of the traditions and gathering foods and doing things that our tribe our particular tribe would move with food gathering um they would move to the, the during sugar moon that's when they would get together and do maple they would gather the maple sugar that would flow through the maple trees and they would make maple sugar um, and then they would move you know at a different point and then in the fall they would gather rice wild rice that was in the lakes that that we were on our particular tribe um they we have our own lake and we're the only tribe that has our own lake that we don't allow anybody on even my children can't get on it because they don't have enough blood quantum that's so really we go we go every fall to gather the wild rice so i have taken my kids there um it was really hard because you have to be there for two weeks it's in september it's when school started so now that people are out of school now they can readily come and i can get away as well so um this gathering it was has always been really important to my family even when we didn't live on the res at all any of when i was young we we stayed off the res but my dad would always go for a, a month out of the the year in September, almost the whole month, and he would gather rice, and they would gather it for for each other, for our 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 little family, for our larger family. But and they would make it for everybody, and then share it out evenly, distribute all the rice. And we've been doing that as long as I can remember. We've done that, and I've always had a little thing of wild rice in my cupboard, you know, because that's what we do, and so. That those are the kinds of things that I like to share, um, and there's there's a lot of different things about the culture that I don't want to share. <laughs> so I am kind of picky, but when it comes to the things that are congruent with my beliefs, because I I first and foremost am a child of God, and so there's other things about the the culture that aren't congruent with that. So I leave them where they are and I pick what I want, but the gathering and the family, all of that is congruent with who I am. So that's why I focus on things like that. We dance, we have regalia, we, we go to powwows, we, and not every day or every season do we go, but we participate. We go to hear the drum because it makes us happy. So we do some things, but other things we leave there. I think that's really interesting. And that is one of the questions that I had was, you know, what parts do you take and what parts do you leave out? Do you think it's important to preserve all the parts? And from what it sounds like, it's most important to preserve your, your personal beliefs along with those, right. those parts of culture. So that's mm -hmm. really, that's really interesting. Um, and it sounds like your personal connection is very personal because this is your people, your culture. Um, do you find it important to share aspects of this culture, at least telling people about it with the community around you? Or is it something that's more of a personal thing, more of a family thing? If it comes up, I do. And obviously it's not going to come up with a passerby. It's not going to come up with um, people that I work with even, you know, I, I'm, I, I 
I share with my close friends. They know who I am. And it, it works very well with, with them that I, that I, I only share bits and parts of that if it's in a conversation or, or they'll, um, but they know who I am. And it's not a big surprise that I, that I'm Native American to my friends after they get to know me. It's not a big, you know, it's not like a big reveal or anything, but, but I don't share it readily, you know, sure. I, I am what I am. Yeah. And I think that's, really awesome especially in being able to preserve culture but have it be such a personal thing too this is a very different from some of the other people that i am talking to in these interviews preserving culture mm -hmm. to some it's very personal to some it's very outward and it sounds like mm -hmm. this one is a very personal way to of doing it um so with that in mind um is there anything that your group has done to increase interest in the culture just so that it's known and that it continues or is it more of a keeping interest within the people, within the tribe, keeping that interest alive, especially with younger generations? The thing that we have um, that's kind of, it, it, it's not a problem, but it is a barrier. Um, I'm enrolled, so I can freely go on and off the reservation. I have benefits for, for being a, an enrolled member of our tribe. My children are not. Um, so, things will not, will not be available to them after I'm gone. So there are things about the culture that we keep and things that we don't. So everything that happens, um, say with our food gathering and wild rice and getting on our lake that is on our reservation, uh, they won't be able to do that, but they can't do it right now. So we choose other lakes and we go, we do the same thing that we do on our lake. So there are eight of, I have um, seven siblings. There's eight of us and we go, we go canoeing because that's a skill that is part of our tribe. We go canoeing in the boundary waters. I don't know if you know where those are or have ever heard of them. There's a, a, the United States boundary that goes right through where all of our people live. Okay. So, so some are Canadian and some are not. And, um, we go canoeing through the boundary waters and and in the boundary waters there are routes that our people used to take and there are petroglyphs that are thousands of years old that our people put on those granite walls of, you know right there among all the, the lakes and the waterways that are there so we go there and it's kind of a it's a spiritual thing for us to to go there so i take my kids as, as often as we can, we go to the Boundary Waters. We went to the Boundary Waters in September. And um, I make sure that I have pictures of my kids um, gathering wild rice and of my, my grandmother gathering rice because I think it's important. Um, this is just something that's on my desk right now. I don't know if you can see this. But it's me gathering rice, and then this is my grandmother gathering rice. Her canoe is full of rice. My canoe, you know, and I, and, and we laugh that she has a full boat, and I all day came back with a little bit. <laughs> so, you know, we just, we just bring her life, even though it was years ago, we bring her forward. We bring my grandpa forward. We have we, we have, um, and you, you actually, I don't know if you can see here, I'm holding 
I'm holding um, sticks and they are, we have, everyone has their own personal set, but that that's kind of a rite of passage. You get it when you get, when you go to the lake. If you don't go, they don't make you, and they're made from cedar. They're called really knocking cool. sticks. And so those, you get those, but grandmas are still living and they go every, every year to go, to go gather rice. So there are things that we do to preserve and, and keep that. My kids, I take, I don't know how long it will be preserved with them, but for me, I think it's important to do that. And so hopefully we can keep it going. We have had grandkids up there, my grandchildren up there, but they're more, um, they're more Tongan than they are, you know, native. So it's just kind of a little sampling by the time you get, you know, the, the blood is kind of wearing thin, you know, (laughs) but, but we still, I still think it's important to know where you came from, to know where you are from, because it gives you a sense of, um, it strengthens your foundation of who you are and the confidence that it gives you knowing who you are. Do you think it is important for the education system to increase knowledge about your culture or is it more something that would be kept personal to the families involved with the culture? I, it's really important in Minnesota. They have, they have um, the public school system does have, you know, part of their history is our history. Here in California, they don't. I think, I think teaching children to be, this is where it gets, it's interesting. But I, I think when you embrace the things from any culture, the kindness, like, like with my tribe, gathering and taking care of each other is really important it's important to be together and support one another and that's how it is in our family so there's certain values that you carry from your culture that should be taught in school don't you think i mean those kind of values being kind to others not fighting not being judgmental there's so many things that that you can get from culture that I don't think that that's being taught very well in school. So I, I think it's different than what you may think of as far as um, sharing culture. I, to me, that's that's a family culture thing, but it might not be a you know a, what you might think of culture as. Also, what we do as our family, my brother, my my brother lives on the reservation. What my brother does is he he takes my kids and he takes me and my dad. We we canoe a lot when we go up there. It kids get taught how to canoe at young ages, but when the kids come, he he gathers them all around and he teaches them parts of the culture that they that I don't know. I don't live on the res, but he does. So he teaches them parts of the culture um, for me. And so we really appreciate the time that he takes with all the grandkids because there's 30 something grandkids and he takes, he does not ever shy away or shirk his responsibility, you know, as a person to share culture because it's Mm -hmm. important. I think that it, it, I think it is important to spread, to, to learn more about any culture. I think it's important. Like you're saying, you're fascinated, but um, I think it's really important to learn about your own. It's, it doesn't, it, it just makes you happy. It just fills your soul with so much love and power. It's just amazing. When you learn about yourself, you learn where your roots are from. It's, an, it's, it's incredible. Even an exercise that we do when we, the first thing that we do when we go to our lake 
is everyone goes down and my brother always says, okay, it's time to engage your ancestral genes, you know? <laughs> so he'll just say, take a drink of water and you know, who knows what kind of pollution, there's no pollution because no, no uh, motorboats are allowed on it. But you know, I don't know any type of strange bacteria in the water. I don't know, but we all, we all drink it and we just all kind of laugh about it, but you know, it just kind of engages your mind. And, and so that's just a, a silly thing, but we feel like it helps us ground ourselves to what we're going to do that day is gather just like they did thousands of years ago in our lake, you know, so we just feel like we're part of it. And that's, that's what, what culture does for you. You feel like you're part of something and you're not just this one little island on your own. Do you have anything else you want to share before we sign off here? I have a lot to share about culture because I think it's important. I do go out to, um, to elementary schools when my kids were there. Mm-hmm. And I would go because they have Native American month, you know, so I thought it is okay. I would dress in my regalia and I would go to their classrooms and it's a very, um, you know, watered down version, but it was still enough for them to go, wow, what is she wearing? She had, I have a jingle dress that I wear and, and I go and I share and I, I talk about different tribes depending on the, you know, the level of understanding that the children are. Um, I sing a song because I learned I learned some nursery songs. I had to go and learn it because it wasn't taught to me by my dad. It's it's the part of the generation that he was from. My grandmother, when they left the reservation, they 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 thought they were bettering themselves because it goes back to the colonizers. You know, I'm sure that you understand all of that rhetoric. And it is you know you are going to be civilized. That was a big deal to become civilized and not be part of the land like they were. So she said goodbye and it was over, but we had to relearn it. We had to go back there. My brother wasn't born on the res, but he lives there now because he, it, what culture was important to him. So I like to share it, but I don't like to have it be out there when I meet people, right? Do you know what I mean? It's not that I don't want to. It's just I'm I'm in regular clothes. I'm not wearing my jingle dress when sure. I'm going out in public, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, but I don't mind sharing it if people ask me. So that's why I would go to the schools and do that. And I've been doing it for years. Even when I was at BYU, um, I would go to schools around there. People that knew that I was Native, they would say, hey, could you come and share that? So that's that's why I have shared over the years at Cub Scout outings and things like that. So uh-huh. I, that way I think it is important. We do a lot of things. Um, my brother, I have two brothers. One is more native than the other. <laughs> so the guy that lives on the res, his name is Tim. And my brother Tim is, um, he has collected a lot of other things from other native cultures. He was married to a showband from Fort Hall. And so all of his kids are Shoban and, and Anishinaabeg. They're, they're both, but, but they're enrolled as Fort Hall. Um, when he lived on um, the reservation there in the Shoban Res, 
he he was open to they they were horsemen as well and so um his father-in-law um showed him how to race horses like they used to race and he still does it and all of his kids race too um and his what he said was important to him as far as the culture goes was all put in an npr um little thing that they did and that's my brother with his three sons and they they race horses it's called um indian relay races awesome so i can send that to you so you can see that because it but it's not our culture but it's part of culture that he makes he thinks it's so important to share to your to your offspring so that they can know who they are I love and that. i have i have a few nieces and nephews that are artists that are out there i have one that lives in santa fe he's a he's kind of famous artist where he is but he shares all kinds of native art because that's important the culture through the art i mean we are all a little bit of everything right i think mm -hmm. it's important to know who you are and where you're from Thank you to Ms. Rios for joining me here today. I hope this episode helped you learn, along with me, a little more about the cultures that surround us every day in this global world. If you have any questions or comments, please contact me at fethomp at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.